This is Living Health Live on 1450 and 95.9 WOL and worldwide on WOLDCnews.com. Living Health Radio is your ticket to a lifetime of good health. Here are your hosts, Dr. Stephanie and Tom Chaney. Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Tom Chaney and this is Living Health Live. Joining me on the show and in our practice is my wife, Dr. Stephanie Chaney. Thanks for joining us. This is your show, so take advantage of this time to begin your journey to good health. Dr. Steph and I will provide information and instructions on how to live a better and healthier life free of chronic diseases like diabetes, neuropathy, autoimmunity, pain, and arthritis, and so much more. We're here every Thursday at 1230 to help you learn and grow This is your place to get valuable information to help you with your health challenges. So feel free to check us out on our website at mylivinghealth.com. You can also sign up for a newsletter there, or you can call our office for an appointment at 410-216-9180. All right, let's get started with today's show. We've got a timely topic, a topic that's been in the news quite recently. And um, what we were going to talk about is this recent statement by the American Heart Association. They came out with a statement on coconut oil. And so um, this has been uh, brought up to us by our patients. It's all over the internet. I've been seeing it a lot on Facebook. So we want to discuss that today and just kind of clear the air and maybe some misconceptions and some confusions that you may have. So Dr. Steph, why don't you just talk about the, the statement that the American Heart Association made. Yeah, it, the statement came out as an advisory um, stating that replacing saturated fat with healthier fat could lower cardiovascular risks. And then another article came out by the American Heart Association um, that was sort of implying that coconut oil or coconuts, because it is high in saturated fats, was also kind of clumped into that into that mix. And they were citing the fact that um, there are research studies out there that shows that it increases LDL, which is the quote unquote bad cholesterol. And so this caused kind of a mass panic with our patients. We were getting emails, we were getting phone calls. Um, our nutritionists were coming to me every Every day saying I've been asked <laughs> multiple times about this coconut oil thing and the reason why our pa- patients were so um, panicky about it is because we encourage the consumption of, of coconut oil on a regular basis with our patients um, MCT oil which is the extracted concentrated lor- um, caprylic acid uh, from coconut oil and so there was a big concern all of a sudden about oh my gosh the American Heart Association is telling us not to consume coconuts or coconut oil because it's really high in saturated fat. And um, so unfortunately, um, there's so many benefits to coconut oil and there, it, the research was very one-sided and it wasn't complete. And so this caused a mass hysteria almost that um, was unnecessary because clinically we find it to be just the opposite. So you just mentioned, uh, I just wanna go back, you mentioned MCT oil. So some of our listeners may not know what that is. Could you? Yeah, so um, the bulk of um, coconut oil itself is made up of four different uh, fatty acids. One is caprylic acid and one is lauric acid. And caprylic acid um, is what MCT oil mostly is made of. So it's sort of processed out and refined from the bulk of coconut oil. And it's actually liquid at room temperature, so it's completely different sort of form um, as far as you know, coconut oil being solid, this is a liquid. Makes it great to squeeze into shakes and take as a supplement. Um, and so this is the one that we're usually encouraging people to put in their shakes and whatnot. Um, and we also encourage patients to cook with coconut oil too, like just the regular 
coconut oil. So um, the other one, lauric acid, which is another, um, the bulk of coconut oil is actually made from lauric acid. It's another uh, short to medium chain fatty acid. This is an amazing um, fatty acid for, it's antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial. Um, and so uh, we use that a lot as a concentrated supplement in our office when we're dealing with patients that have chronic infections and things like that, even Lyme's disease, believe it or not, it's um, been very helpful for that. Um, and the thing about these fatty acids, and the, the problem with the American Heart Association's statement and impl- you know implying that coconut oil is really bad for people with cardiovascular disease is that they're not looking at the whole picture and so um it, the fat fatty acids from coconut oil are completely different and they're totally they're processed totally different than other saturated fats from for example lard and other animal fat, fats or trans fatty acids they're absorbed differently they're used as a fuel in a completely different way and they're not packaged the same way as other saturated fats to become the LDL cholesterol and the HDL cholesterol. So what we find clinically and what we find in other research studies is that it's the opposite. And in fact, LDL and HDL, LDL goes down with um, coconut oil and MCT oil consumption. And HDL, which is the good cholesterol, actually goes up. And that's what we see in other studies as well as clinically. Right. And MCT, just so you guys know, it stands for medium chain triglycerides. and so what, why don't you talk about the American Heart Association and who they are and what they represent? Yeah, so we'll just give you a kind of a brief history of the American Heart Association. And the information I'm going to give, just think about any association, really, any professional association um, as far as how it's funded, who's backing it, and of course, who's driving some of the statements that will be made publicly. So the American Heart Association was founded in the 1920s by cardiologists, and the mission is good. It's, um, their mission was to drive research and public health policy in a way that would reduce heart disease and stroke. So you can't really argue with that. It's a good intention, good purpose. Um, the problem with the setup of the American Heart Association, as with many associations, um, is that it relies on corporate sponsorship to remain funded. So current sponsors of the American Heart Association include Subway and Cheerios, as well as the pharmaceutical company Bayer, um, who is now teamed with biotech giant Monsanto. This is the company behind genetically modified organisms and Roundup and herbicides and basically chemically poisoning our foods. Um, The other thing I found out recently also is that the soybean industry, and so of course soy oil from soybeans is gonna be encouraged. The soybean um, industry has pledged to donate $500,000 to the American Heart Association. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) the statement on coconut oil comes out as being a bad one because people are moving away from things like soy and corn and other unsaturated oils and using more of the coconut oil um, in their foods. So you just have to be really careful about, um, you know, when an association, whether it's the American Heart Association or the Diabetes Association or whoever, whenever they come out with a statement, I always just go to the research and I try to research all sides and all viewpoints and all, you know, theories and conclusions so that I can come up with, including clinically what we see, really what the best, you know, the best answer is at that time. So just take everything with a grain of salt or coconut oil. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so so we um i talked earlier like this has been in the news and i've been getting um patient inquiries and i've been seeing it all over the f- 
Facebook. So what are some of the other leading health authorities? What are they saying about this topic and about this news? Well, if you go to and you know some of the leading health authorities, well, okay, let me back it up. So there's a lot of news media um, that has taken this article from the American Heart, Heart Association and basically just slandered coconut oil all over the place. So USA Today and other media outlets, they're really going after, you know, oh, it turns out coconut oil isn't so good for you after all. Oh, coconut oil is, is a deadly fat. And so that's the attention grabbing headline, which has got everybody freaked out. Um, and of course, then they go in and they cite what the American Heart Association cites. Unfortunately, once again, we're not doing our due diligence in the media as far as really, okay, let's research not just what the American Heart Association says, but let's look at what other data is out there, what other doctors and professionals in the cardiovascular world are saying. And in fact, the bulk of um, cardiovascular doctors um, that are into functional medicine and integrative medicine, other natural practitioners like, like what we do, they're out there all over the media with the counter statements. And that's what we're here to do today is to just bring you the other side of this sort of paradigm so that you can get all the information and then look at it objectively without having that emotional, you know, scare tactic type of scenario. Sure. And I think the other thing is it's, um, it, it's kind of dangerous to make a statement that, you know, all of one thing or another thing is good or bad for anyone, uh, any particular person. So that's the other thing. Um, just personally, I can tell you that um, I do testing on myself every year. I, um, you know, and one of those tests is food sensitivity testing. And one of the foods on the food sensitivity testing is coconut. Right. And this was probably about four years ago. I tested myself and I had been consuming a lot of coconut and my markers for coconut were very high. So, um, so once again, I was having an inflammatory reaction to coconut and maybe it was due to overconsumption or maybe it was due to some other factors, but I had to take that out of my diet for a period of time and but then you, reintroduce it. But you weren't taking it out of your diet because of cholesterol concerns, because your cholesterol is around the between the 130s and 150s total cholesterol mark. And exactly. so, but it was you as an individual were having a certain reaction. So we don't put a lot of emotion behind the food plans that we create for our patients, as well as ourselves personally, if tests come back and say, oh, you're having an allergic reaction, well, we just, we take it out. It's nothing personal. <laughs> it's just how your body's reacting, right? But yes, the blanket statements um, are very uh, unfortunate and problematic. For example, the Heart Association still goes on in the same article on saturated fats, saying that you should, um, you know, change out the saturated fats in your diet to um, more unsaturated fats. And they actually go on to encourage the consumption of unsaturated fats such as corn and soy, soy oil. And so this is a problem because um, these are actually unsaturated fats that happen to be known in the research to cause lots of inflammation, in particular to arteries and the cardiovascular system, and are more implicated in heart issues and stroke than for example, unsaturated fats like fish oil and olive oil. So you can't just say all saturated fats are bad and you can't just say all unsaturated fats are good because then that causes a lot of you know, misinterpretation of what that means. We have to get very specific. Right, can you just define for our listeners um, an unsaturated fat versus a saturated fat? 
Sure. So um, all fats are made up of long, short, or medium chains of carbons that are strung together. So just imagine a, a line of C's, the letter C, right? And they're all kind of attached and strung together. Um, an un, or a saturated fat, all of those carbons will have the full amount of hydrogens that could be stuck to them. And so it is a full package of a saturated fat. It's pretty solid, which is why most saturated fats are solid at room temperature. So when you think of butter or lard, um, or if you look at a piece of steak, you know, a good, nice, healthy ribeye on your countertop, it's got that white, solid meat. Those are the saturated fats. Coconut oil, obviously, is high in saturated fat as well. Um, there are different types of saturated fats. So I said short, medium, and long chain. And it's the medium chains and shorter chains that are better for us for fuel. They're not inflammatory. They're just the opposite. And our body uses them very differently than longer chain fatty acids. Unsaturated fats are strings of carbons, very similar, but they do not have all of the possible hydrogens stuck to their carbons. And so there's going to be areas where there's quote unquote double bonds. Um, empty spots, empty seats on the bus. And so it's an unstable molecule and they, they tend to flip flop around and twist and move. And these are what you think of as liquid at room temperature. They're fluid. So the molecule itself is fluid and the actual entity, you know, the oil itself is fluid. So you're looking at fish oil, olive oil, corn oil, most of those vegetable oils, canola oil, those things that are liquid at room temperature are your um, unsaturated fats. Trans fats, which are a big problem for heart disease. They are a saturated fat, um, but what's happened is we've taken unsaturated fat and we've chemically forced the hydrogens onto them, so they become a solid saturated fat, but they're slightly twisted and slightly different, and so the body will use them, but they cause ill health and disease and inflammation because they're not the same exact thing as a healthy saturated fat found in nature, like coconut oil or from certain beef products. So one strategy to um, that we use with our patients is bringing inflammation down in the body. And so um, we can use fats to do that, whether it's removing certain fats or adding certain fats to our diet to basically create an anti-inflammatory um, environment. You're listening to Living Health Live. With, I'm Dr. Tom Cheney with Dr. Steph, and we're talking about coconut oil today. Recently, the American Heart Association made a statement about consuming coconut oil and how it could be dangerous, and so we're just talking about that statement. So now what we're gonna do is we're gonna get into some of the benefits of coconut oil. So let's, uh, let's talk about coconut oil and how we uh, use it in our practice and some of, the, some of the recommendations that we give our patients. Okay, so um, according to the American Heart Association, the one bad thing about coconut oil is that it's saturated and that there are some studies out there that show that it may increase LDL. And LDL, according to the Heart American Heart Association, may be a big factor in cardiovascular disease. So that's like their one thing. So I'm going to go through and list out close to 16 positive things about why one should consume coconut oil. And these are all basically, they're backed in research, so I won't have time to go through and give you the specific citations, but you can literally go onto the government site, pubmed.gov. You can go on Google and you can search these up for yourself. Um, but according to the Diabetes Council, coconut oil, 
may also help improve cholesterol levels, actually increasing HDL cholesterol, which is the good cholesterol, and lowering the LDL cholesterol, which is also good. So there are countering studies out there. There are studies that show that um, coconut oil actually lowers LDL, while the American Heart Association is citing only the studies that show that it increases LDL. Um, the study also indicates, according to the Diabetes Council, that coconut oil can help decrease abdominal fat, and that is a strongly associated issue with an increased risk of heart disease. Coconut oil is also associated with a slowing down of the progression of Alzheimer's disease. This is according to the Diabetes, or the, uh, Diabetes Council. So, number one, it increases HDL, and in many studies actually shows that it lowers LDL, which is the bad cholesterol. So it does good things for cholesterol. Two, it helps with weight reduction and loss of inches. So there are actual clinical studies that have been done that measured circumference of waist and hips and whatnot and showed a reduction in these things with consumption of coconut oil. It improves cardiometabolic status according to studies in heart disease patients. And this is the very group that the Heart Association is worried about. Lauric acid, which is one of those fatty acids from coconut oil, is an antifungal, antibacterial, and antiviral. So when taken topically or internally, it can help kill infections. And this is particularly true of candida yeast, which is implicated in a lot of the disease processes that we work in our office on reversing. MCT oil, which is the medium chain triglyceride um, oil, has been shown to increase metabolism and boost weight loss. <laughs> so here we go. Again, weight gain is associated with cardiovascular disease. Coconut oil actually helps you lose weight and speeds up your metabolism. So it helps you be a more efficient burner of uh, energy. And six, it helps reduce cravings and hunger. So you're less likely, if you're consuming coconut oil throughout the day, to overeat, oversnack, and especially give in to sugar cravings. And sugar, is really what is implicated in the damage of arteries um, and cardiovascular disease. Of course, we work with diabetes, reversing diabetes, so we know that. Seven, it helps the body digest and absorb more protein into the body. So it actually helps maintain good muscle mass. And muscle mass is important in helping keep you fit and healthy and, you know, of course, you're keeping your sugars down. It's been shown in the research to prevent bone loss. So coconut oil is good for maintaining bone density. That's a good plus. Um, number nine, MCT oil does not, in many research papers, affect cholesterol levels at all, either the total or the individual numbers. So if you're consuming the MCT oil version of coconut oil, apparently it has no impact on cholesterol at all, in and of itself. Okay. Number 10, efficient source of fuel for the body. So what happens is um, these, these fats in coconut oil, they get broken down into something called ketones. And this is actually the ideal form of fuel for the body and it makes you burn fat versus sugar. And so once again, you're not gonna crave sugar, the body's getting everything it needs, especially the brain. Um, number 11, it helps with pancreatitis. So I've actually seen some studies um, and there's some doctors out there that um, use coconut oil as a way to help 
overcome inflammation of the pancreas, which is an amazing thing because most of our diabetics, guess what? They have some inflammation going on with regards to the pancreas. Number 12, it's been shown in research to improve brain function. MCT oil, once again, breaks down into ketones, which is the main and ideal fuel for the neurons of the brain. So glucose, which is sugar, helps feed the immune cells of the brain, but the actual neurons themselves, they want ketones from fat. So you wanna be consuming fat and not sugar um, throughout the day. Number 13, and they just keep coming. <laughs> According to the British Medical Journal, lauric acid-rich medium-chain triglycerides can substitute for other oils in cooking applications and may have limited pathogenicity. So it's a great cooking oil and very limited disease-promoting um, implications. And so again, this is attributed to not actually um, contributing to heart disease or cancer or diabetes and whatnot. Number 14, in a 2009 animal study, found that diet rich in medium chain triglycerides such as coconut oil could help prevent obesity and fight insulin resistance. And so now we're talking about maintaining and reducing blood sugar levels. And this is why we use this on a routine basis with our diabetics when we're helping them reverse diabetes. So, cause it helps maintain and lower blood sugar levels. 15, coconut oil can help in treatment um, an improvement of brain function in Alzheimer's patients, according to research published in 2009. And so now we've got coconut oil helping with brain function, preventing Alzheimer's, sugar levels with diabetics, reducing the actual risk of cardiovascular disease by helping to lower the bad and increase the good, increasing bone density and helping to pre uh, prevent osteoporosis. These are all the main diseases that people are suffering with in this country. And Coconut oil is actually showing to be effective at helping with all of these. And then, of course, topically it's used. It's very effective used topically. It's a great lotion, um, but it's also a natural antifungal, antibacterial, so it keeps the skin nice and clean. Um, and it helps with keeping the mouth and the teeth clean. There's something called oil pulling. And so there's a, you, can, you guys can go Google it, but you can actually use coconut oil daily, sloshing it around in your mouth back and forth through the teeth. It's called oil pulling. You're pulling the oil through the teeth. And again, it helps to reduce bad bacteria and yeast in the mouth itself and promote good bacteria. So um, there's even some you know, uh, people out there that say it helps keep the teeth nice and white and bright as well. So I just went through 17 different positive reasons for why one, based on research, um, should actually consume and use coconut oil internally and externally versus the one statement that was made by the American Heart Association, I would take all those pros, and I don't even worry about what the American Heart Association is saying about LDL, because I will tell you, we've been reversing diabetes in our office for close to 12, 10 years now, and I've never ever seen the consumption of coconut oil clinically do anything other than help lower people's cholesterol levels. Yeah, and I think what, um, what happens is, as a society over time, we've kind of been programmed to think of low fat. The coconut oil kind of goes against that. You know, you're consuming something that is higher in fat. Because the other thing I think we're kind of programmed to think about are calories, you know? I have patients coming in all the time, and they're like, well, how many calories does this have? How many calories does that have? We don't even count calories with our patients. Yeah, so, who, who cares? Yeah, who cares? I don't count calories. <laughs> I don't expect my patients to count calories. So this is once again something else I think we've been programmed to think, and not all calories are created equal. What would you say about, um, you know, calories in coconut oil? I mean, 
I would say, who cares? <laughs> but here's why I would say that. There are um, tons of studies that have been done on um, indigenous tribes around the, uh, the, the world, Inuit tribes, African tribes, uh, South American tribes, where 50 to 60 to 70% of their caloric consumption is coming from coconut oil. And they have zero heart disease and zero cancer and zero diabetes. So it's not so much about the calories because when your body, and this is what our patients will verify, right? When your body is getting nutrient-dense, um, nutrient-rich foods, it doesn't matter what the calories are because the body will not be craving unnecessarily and forcing you to con- over-consume you know, high-calorie uh, food. If you are eating foods and meals that are very calorie dense, so they're very high in calories, but very, very nutrient deficient, um, and they're providing the body with cheap fuels that they burn through quickly or can't use, so they have to store as fat, you're you're going to be a starving, overweight. I mean, you're gonna you could be 400 pounds and starving to death and be on a 10,000 a day calorie diet because it's more about what the nutrients are and what those, how those calories are being used by the body versus the total number of calories. So we do not bombard our patients or burden them with calorie counting. Um, and we still get very good success. And I think it lifts a bit of a weight off of people because it's so burdensome to have to be like obsessively looking at calories when it doesn't matter. Yeah, if, I agree. If you have a tablespoon of coconut oil and it has so many calories in it, I would rather a patient consume that than a whole bag of, you know, some type of vegetable chip that has the same amount of calories, but I know they're going to be converting that into high sugar and high fat. How can we get coconut oil in our diet? Like what is the best way? Okay, so we look at this as a holistic thing, right? You don't wanna just bring in a whole pile of fat um, without taking certain things out. So if we go back to um, working with our diabetics, we have to reduce the carbohydrate load. So we take out all processed sugars, all, you know, generally what we do with most diabetics initially is take out all grain products um, for a period of time to reduce the um, carbohydrate load. And then what we do is we replace those calories with good quality fats, not just coconut oil, but also um, saturated fats from animals such as grass fed meats, which are very, very different and very healthy fats compared to, um, you know, traditionally farmed, I guess, in grain this country. Fed. Yeah, grain fed, um, which are very high in omega sixes and they're actually inflammatory. When you're taking out carbohydrates like grains and, and too much sugar, you're going to replace those quote unquote calories now with really good quality um, fuel like um, coconut oil. We have our patients put MCT oil into a breakfast shake, for example, which is a protein powder usually mixed with blended with vegetables, and then we put the fat in there. So if you go back to our plate rule that we talk about in our book, um, your breakfast shake could also also be mocked up via the plate rule. Lots of vegetables, throw in some protein powder, and then douse it with some good fat. So MCT oil, olive oil, um, we have patients do that. We also encourage patients to cook with coconut oil. You know, um, and so, but we encourage a good mix of fats. So once again, you don't want to go overboard, right? So we're encouraging our patients to still consume olive oil, put that on their salads and their vegetables as a dressing. Really good quality um, grass-fed ghee, which is clarified butter, which most people are not reactive to. 
any patients are listening, if you're positive on your test for <laughs> butter, don't consume the butter. Um, but And then good quality fats from fish oils um, and things like that. So we do supplement our patients with those too. So you want to get a good variety of fats, but coconut oil is definitely something that needs to be in there um, now, as part of that. Now I got a question with regards to um, coconut oil. You mentioned cooking with it, but you shouldn't cook with MCT oil, correct? I've read both things, so um, I don't know. I don't have the definitive answer on that. Okay. I've read that, like the British Journal, uh, medical journal, came out and said cooking with MCT oil apparently has no uh, pathogenic issues. Seems to be okay. Some people say don't cook with it. Um, it's sort of like what I say as far as olive oil. There's definitely some good coconut oil itself. The solid coconut oil is a great cooking oil. So I would encourage people to use that as their cooking oil. MCT oil tends to be more expensive because it's extracted from and it's concentrated. So I think it's just better to use that in your shakes. It's kind of the same reason why I say don't cook with olive oil because you can denature it. Um, it can it can sort of destroy the oil. But as a general rule, coconut oil is a very high heat tolerant oil. And so we that's why we encourage our patients to use that as a cooking oil. Um, having said that, we've tried cooking your eggs in coconut oil. This doesn't taste good. And how about... <laughs> Sure. How about the dose? Just before we wrap up, so for patients out there, for listeners, um, typical dose is one to three tablespoons per day. Yeah, and um, I would start slowly if you haven't done it, especially with MCT oil. It can make you a little bit nauseous. So if you're going to start using, you know, MCT oil in your shakes in the morning, start with a teaspoon. If you do okay with that for a week, start to slowly increase it. Okay, great. All right, guys. So you've been listening to Living Health Live with me, Dr. Tom Cheney and Dr. Stephanie Cheney of Living Health Integrative Medicine in Annapolis. Make sure you tune in next Thursday at 1230. We're going to be taking a look at detoxification. So we're going to look at the process, different types, and much, much more. Remember, our goal is to reverse 1 million cases of diabetes by 2020. You can live your life free of diabetes. So make sure you Call our office or visit our website at mylivinghealth.com so you can reverse your diabetes. You've been listening to Living Health Live with Drs. Tom and Stephanie Cheney of Living Health Integrative Medicine in Annapolis. Tune in on Thursdays at 12.30 p.m. on 1450 and 95.9 WOL. And worldwide on WOLDCnews.com for your chance to learn how you can take charge of your health. Free of diabetes, ED, fatigue, and pain. The information on this show is intended as educational information only. The information given here is designed to help you make informed decisions about your health and is not intended as a substitute for any medical treatment.